<laughs> you know what the thing is though, we can actually sing until our heart's content today because it's just the two of us. <laughs> sing until our heart's content. <laughs> we are ready. Ready? Here we go. Yeah. Welcome to your aunties could never. I'm Auntie AK and I'm here with Auntie Nana. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, <laughs> just the two, two of us. We can make it if we try. Just the two of us singing all the songs we want. Just the two of us with our auntie Shade Ofara. Just the two of us. We're gonna sing our hearts out. Just the two of us, uh, aunties. <laughs> no, it's not a singing show though. Let's go. Let's go. Can't oh, we don't have a guest. Okay. Go on. <laughs> this is your aunties could never. Mylas two aunties with man down, man down. Um, they'll be back next episode. Uh, episode 132 we're on right now, right? Yes. Yes. We are. And your aunties could never. What is it? It's a podcast and a TV show. Let's speak it into existence. It is. Okay. It's a podcast and a TV show. It's a filmed podcast. It's a filmed podcast on It's a vodcast. Ew. <laughs> it, are people saying that? Podcast? I don't know. <laughs> mm. It may it may travel. It, yeah, let's go. Vic, but yeah, we're speaking to the the communities that are over thirty five and overlooked. Yep, we represent them. We're rebranding re what it is to be a cool auntie because aunties these days are not just in brown clothes and sensible shoes. We wear heels. You know what's been amazing actually in the last week uh, while we're here is. Tracy Ellis Baxter's birthday, she's 50. Wow. And Gabrielle Union, I think she, her birthday may be next week and she's yeah, 50. She's a Scorpio, yeah. The fabulousness of those two. Yeah. But as I was watching their videos, I was like, that's us. Yeah. That's what we represent. Yeah. It's like, who was thinking that was brand 50 exactly. when we were teenagers? When we 50 were yeah, was horribly old. Yes. When I think about it, I think, I can't believe that 50 is on the very close horizon. Mm -hmm. Um, and this is how we are. Yeah, it's like, very it's different. It's insane when you're young. I, I think it, I think when you're young, you do have that misconception of what being older is. Mm -hmm. You really age things a lot harder than till when you're in it. Because being in it, it's like, oh, it's not that bad. Yeah. I definitely feel my hip going. No, with me, it's, it's my <laughs> left knee is a little bit, I call it gammy. It's like a little... I don't say gammy leg. What's that? Because gammy leg is like when you come back from war and you've got literally got... <laughs> okay, oh, like, maybe that's a bit harsh. Yeah, like, right, not it's, gammy, not that. it's not gammy. It's gammy's it's... like it's going off as well. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. okay. So it's just a bit... <laughs> it's a bit stiff. Yeah. Like, sometimes it will creak and Money's it's like, oh, okay, What? what's that? But that's literally it. And I guess that's wear and tear. I have been on the earth for 42 years. And to be fair, I used to be a dancer, so I did a lot of jazz splits. That's okay. drop down. On the knees. I feel like mine is from sewing. Oh. Because you have a tension going, like the oh, foot the pedals and stuff. Yes, oh, yeah. I think it's literally from sewing. I definitely... Get... No, we can't do this. this is... <laughs> I just, I just heard myself. It? <laughs> I was about to go to the next part of my body and I heard my mum and her friends on the phone about talking about their doctor's appointments because that's the next conversation that happens. How many they reel off the list of doctor's of all of the, And all of the, the pain medication that yeah, they take and all of that literally stuff. it's a list of... It's a conversation. It's an actual list. Yeah, yeah. Not doing that yet. Hold but no, back. for the mature ladies... I think were representing brilliantly, Absolutely. fantastically. But the, the visibility way. actually needs to go up. Yeah, like, it does. Where are the brands really celebrating that we have high disposable income? Exactly. We spend way more than millennials do. 
I swear it's uh, I read that it was like two hundred percent more than they that. They don't cater to us. It's like we're an invisible audience that has money. They're sitting there. Obviously, we don't have money because society's fucked. But at the same time, we have that, like you said, disposable income. They ignore us. And when they do focus on us, it's that kind of, with a mature, it's always got that branding. Just be. Like, we just yeah. we just exist and we're fine. You don't need to have, like, the branded, like, for the mature woman in that respect. Yes, definitely. And just... I think, I think brands are missing. The biggest yeah. trick, though, is not really going in and celebrating the over 35 market and yeah. catering media to Towards us that. as well it exactly. shouldn't always be about young stuff because sometimes the it, it's a bit shallow it's dumb it's because you down. don't have the life wisdom to actually like elevate a conversation it's very yeah. very surface level it's so bizarre that the industry is run by older people but yet they focus on youth i don't know that speaks to um society as we're so obsessed with being young and not mm-hmm. getting older we don't celebrate them now and that's one thing if we celebrate them now then you're crazy to the people who are around you now it's a weird that. thing of looking into it is, it is very interesting and hopefully it will change and people will listen and watch our podcast and see that we are the change that you want to see so i think we are catering to that market really well very 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 well um don't forget to like comment and subscribe don't forget to follow us on all the social media platforms don't forget to listen to us on all the social all the listening platforms yes. don't forget to watch us on one platform youtube we'll be on others soon um we have a patreon our Patreon prices are five pounds, and that's the cost of a, a, a pumpkin latte. Like literally, just spend oh, a coffee on us. It's five pounds, ten pounds. What could you get for ten pounds? That's like a McDonald's meal or a pizza, or twenty-five pounds. That is really like you want to celebrate being a part of our family, and you want to be able to talk to us Did from you, time to time. Can I just say something? Did you just yeah. say? A McDonald's meal is ten pounds now. I don't. Yeah, 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 yeah. A McDonald's meal. Is if 10 you got now. a McCrispy. And McCrispy are doing sponsorship deals for people. So um, if you get a McCrispy <laughs> meal, it's like £8.50. And then if you added in an apple pie, you're going to spend a tenner. That's what somebody told me. I remember when yeah. Big Macs oh my God, were yeah. a pound. When? Like 1981, when I was one years old. <laughs> I don't know when a, when a Big oh, Mac was ever. No, no, I swear it was like about that. 198. You know what? No, it was 188. 188. Yes, I remember. I think I was actually in secondary school. Yeah, it was 188. And I could get a Big Mac. And those were the times when I thought a Big Mac was too meaty. Like it was too big. I used to batter them. <laughs> really? And I was a size eight and yeah. i'd eat i remember oh, i've said this before i had a challenge with a dude shout out marlon i think it was from back in the day and i said i could eat three big macs in a row and i did no I yeah ate, I, I absolutely could do that and i loved big macs i cannot sorry mcdonald's i cannot eat mcdonald's again it makes me quite ill now really mm-hmm. oh, i wish i had that system. problem it messes with my system i can't eat anyway let's move on who are you welcoming to the family are you okay yeah i i, I am i am welcoming maya jammer to the family and the reason why I'm welcoming her is because she, I think it's great that she has the job as the new Love Island host. And you know that me and Auntie Sade love Love Island. So I'm going to absolutely enjoy watching the next series because she is going to be the host and that's what it needs. But also, I just like her decorum. I like that she came out and she apologised for resharing colorist tweets from like 10 years ago. I really like this girl. I think she's a great symbol for young presenters, yeah. So I'm feeding Maya Jammer. That's who I'd like to welcome to our family. 
So if she does mess up again, she can receive some auntie love. Oh, welcome auntie. No, welcome niece. Is she niece? Yeah, I would say she's in the niece category. Welcome niece, Maya Jamal. There we go. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Now time to go into what have we heard? What have you heard, Auntie Nana? What have I heard, Auntie AK? What have we heard, Auntie Shade, Auntie Farah? <laughs> All right. So what, I, what I've heard. Mm, what have you heard? On um, our past podding guest, uh, Danny Effing Price, his page on Instagram, mm-hmm. he had a carousel about the Tory party mm-hmm. and it's flipping amazing. And I will drop this into show notes so that everybody can see this. Basically, it was a thread over the last five years of how the Tory party may have been infiltrated by the Russian oligarchs mm. and they have foiled the country. Like they were the ones behind Brexit. They are the ones that have been backing Boris mm-hmm. and Suella and, and various people have been infiltrated by the Russians. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to know, do you think this is a conspiracy theory gone mad or the truth? I thought that everybody knew this. I thought it was like American politics. That's what happened with America. They said that America's politics around Trumpism and stuff, they he, they were in, like Russians and infiltrated and that yeah. called, caused destruction to American politics. They destabilised it for their gain. What gain, I don't know. Um, for the UK as well, same same thing. Remember with, um, what's it, the Cambridge Analytica? Wasn't that all part of yes, yes, the manipulation they were that, yeah. to our politics as well? The only thing I, I would say that one, one thing that we do as a society is we create the man, we create this formidable beast because we're so... Um, um, we're so brainwashed by this evil wicked force that's behind mm-hmm. us the they the, the they and it tends to be the russians you know every spy movie gangster movie you know like there's always a russian somewhere doing badness um, and manipulating everything so that's the only part where i'd be like is this real or is it true from plain sight you know hiding in plain sight that this is for the facts but the only thing is to what gain because the way that putin acts you, you know, it's like with black people um, saying white people are going to do this, white people are going to do that. So we tend to do the job for them because we create this mythical beast mm-hmm. and power that white people have. And I think we feed into white supremacy in such a way. And that's how it all works. The propaganda and control works by just doing a little bit of badness. Not to say that there has been a lot of badness done to black people, but that badness lingers by us perpe- perpetuating yeah, we can the, do it the, for the myth. Them after a while. We end up doing yeah. it for them. So I don't know if that's the same thing when it comes to Russians and politics and instigating. That's interesting. It's an interesting way of putting it. I was, obviously, I absolutely believe that yeah. there has been some type of corruption because it doesn't make sense to have done Brexit and ruin the country. Mm. Like, you know, where there was that talk of maybe they know in the long run, maybe the, but it's like in the long run, we're not seeing that they know anything they other don't. than this has happened and it's just ruined the country. And wouldn't that go into Russia's hands? That How? the country is ruined. Yeah, but what, what Because then you weaken your, your enemies. Opponents, yeah. So yeah. if your enemies are weak and they're having to, you know, scramble and sort out what's going on, then they're not coming after you because they're weak. And yeah. that's, that's what the Americans do, don't they? They yeah. literally go around the world doing that. So it made sense to me. It's like, yeah, Brexit didn't make sense. Even changing changing um, the prime ministers, that doesn't actually make sense because you know that you destabilise a country when you do that because you look like you don't have any authority. So... But I think my, what baffles me or 
maybe it doesn't baffle maybe maybe it just it is what it is but why would all these people know the power of the russian as it were and still get into bed with them because it's not like they're infiltrate i mean i don't know i am not a spy or was it kgb or cia yeah. or mi5 or this one and that one james bond 007 i'm none of them things so i don't know how it works you like they you know put a freaking um, pair of glasses on and now they're totally different you don't get who they are and they change their accent and all of a sudden they <laughs> turn up for work and hi like I'm John and then um, next minute John's actually a Russian smile <laughs> and he's like hello with his accent everything comes out in, I don't know like is it that deep that they got infiltrated like that or is it just appealing to greediness where they get into bed with people do certain deals and then it's like if I if you do this for me I'll give this for you and then it, a we'll, bit we'll buy a bit of seats in the back benches or touring, all that type of shit there's there's one where um Boris Johnson apparently went to France and met up with some media man who he was told not to do it and he left all of his security and he was gone for 48 hours and that same media man now has a lordship in the House of Lords. You know what I'm saying? So they're like that. Then there was um, a refit at number nine. I think number nine is where, is that the Chancellor or the Foreign Secretary? Anyway, well, number yeah, nine yeah, down number in the street, nine. there was a refit. And then it's come out, and this was two years ago, that that refit was actually done by the Russians. Yeah. And there was spy equipment everywhere, and it yeah. didn't come out to us. So it's like, I, but, I don't know. But that's why I'm like, what's what? why are we here? Why are we here? What's These the are... point of us? I, I, I... What is the actual point of us? If you, if you guys have the chance to not fuck up the world, you guys as in the governments, why do you want the world to be fucked? And is it like, are humans absolutely impossible, incapable of being or succumbing to greediness and ego and wanting world dominance? I mean, I think... I feel like it's it's there's the spectrums, isn't it? You kind of have to have all of that going on and the good going on to get the myriad of life as itself. Just the essence of being alive. I think no. that's what um, consciousness is calling for, is the spectrum of good, bad to experience itself. This is what stressed Thanos out and this is why he did that. Yeah. I I, oh, I really do resonate with Thanos' yeah. plight to restart. Restart. Because sometimes it is like, let's end it. I'm going to go and find the Infinity Stones. <laughs> Are you going to do a Thanos? Yeah. <laughs> Watch me. <laughs> I don't Watch this. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm going to do. Okay. Um, what have I heard? What well, I've heard... Well, no, it's not a herd. My culture story is a bit of a culture story. On the back of everything that's happened, it kind of feeds into what you're talking about, I think. We can get there. Yeah. Um, on the back of all the cancellation that's been happening, all the apology tours that have been happening, Boy. and all the feedback and backlash and commentary between the, amongst the black community about what we should do, where we should align our allegiances. Right. My thing is, how do we power up like other communities who, though, not, though they... Um, they have power and they don't have power, which is why they are able to call out when people blanket term them in any way, shape or form. But we don't have that. Black people don't have that. As we've seen, you speak about one community, the shit gets locked off. You speak about us, it gets debated, it gets discussed. Some people are for it, some people are against it. Okay. Some people are okay, some people are not. How do we, what's our rebrand where if you do this, regardless of our... Black people aren't a monolith stance, which we've been trying to do for the lifetime. 
which I think might be back, <laughs> moving again, going um, back, being used against us. How do we? What's the common line that on this topic you lot need to shut the fuck up because we'll shut your shit down. We can debate it in our house. Like we don't. I don't like red lipstick. But if someone else says black girl should wear black, we get, we get. we're all gonna shut that shit down. What's our thing? I have two. I have a slight pushback on it. I do think to the black community's credit, we do have that. Because when somebody is openly racist, especially if they're white, they do get shut down. They will lose their job if we wholesale go at them. The difference is, I think when a black person is anti-black, we don't shut down on that. We don't go for that black person. But that then goes into, do we go for black people in public? Because then there's that twofold. How do we, if we're saying we shouldn't criticize black people in public, then if a black person is being problematic and anti-black, shouldn't it be that we don't go for them? I think it's not that because I would think that other communities, and when I say other, this is not, I mean, I'm not being mystical saying, because I'm scared to say Jewish communities. I'm saying everyone other, as every other community, I think has an element of power. I think for me, it's more about the power that we don't have as a black united front, because I think it's not, because I feel like other communities don't necessarily, and again, when, when you're not in certain circles of information, you really don't know what's going on. So maybe an Asian person might be like, nah, bruv, in our community, we do this, that and the other, and you don't see it because of this, that and the other. Perspective is skewed yeah. when your bubble is black or yep. particularly of your community. So there's that. So I don't know what goes on. But to me, it seems like you don't have that cultural cr criticism of certain leaders in a way that we are so vocal about criticising everything and everyone and us. So I don't know if we do need to not talk about us in public spaces it's not about us it's other people do you know what I'm yeah saying? i think when it's somebody else we go for them think just think of all of the football bosses that have kind of lost their oh, that, jobs no, or was, they get oh. removed when they say something racist that happens with that and that can be quite swift and i do think other communities actually look to black people like when you say something racist they remove you like you lose your job yeah that we do have that power i do also get i feel and this is to um, Kwasi Oklating, like mm. when you're doing something anti-black and it affects us, we should call the person out and we should call them out wholesale and literally be like, no, you are not a part of our community now. Well, I think, but I don't think it's, I don't think us going for the person without power is the thing. Do you get me? Because, and I also think that we don't, withdraw ourselves from things enough when white people or someone racist does something because we still will buy a Balenciaga thing or a Prada. Do you know, I think it's that that's the perspective I'm coming from. I don't I think it's like, it's not calling out Yark Kanye. It's not calling it. It is all, some of the, all those things. It is all of those things, mm -hmm. but it's actually, where do we remove ourselves from power structures in the way that other communities withdraw us from their power structure. I get what you're saying. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, I think yeah, it's that yeah, more than yeah, anything because yeah. that's the part where it's like, if we were to align and say, okay, so which, which who did the, okay, H&M did the monkey t-shirt. Um, we were very much debating in whether we thought it was racist or not. Mm. Whereas what community could have something depicted and it's like, regardless of our debates in house, 
You're not going to go ahead. I, I think that's quite utopian because I don't think any community has that. Okay. I, don't, I don't think it happens anywhere. I think from outside looking in, it does seem like the Jewish community is very solid and firm. But that is a collective trauma that they're all like, this rhetoric, if it carries on, leads here. But that's what we, but that's the part I think we need to do. Our collective trauma yeah. and all this stuff needs to stand for something. Yeah. And I don't think it stands for enough because we because don't. Because when we stand up for ourselves, a lot of the time, it ended killed. in death. Yeah. yeah. We get killed. So then there's another trauma barrier that is like we have to assimilate. And that has been super prevalent for mm. generations mm. now is the assimilation story. And so we have to kind of, I think we're turning a corner on that. And we're seeing that assimilation also causes illness because you're not being yourself. Being yourself. And so having the, the conversations about mental health actually opens up your trauma responses. Uh, yeah, they're keeping you safe to a degree, but they're also harming you. Yeah. Then we'll probably evolve past, we need to assimilate. And so we're going to have less coconuts coming forward. Yeah. But at, at this moment in time, that, that kind of has to generationally pass. Like it, we're going to move on from that. And it's not like what young people say, I've grown up with all different people around me. And, and they're all a melting pot. And, it's yeah, not it's not that either because you have to actually notice what diversity is. And also noticing what diversity is and it's not a huge melting pot so we're all the same. No. It's not it. It's that. not being colorblind. It is realising we are different. We come from different backgrounds and celebrating that. But also a, another question that I have, this is a slight tangent. If we want a diverse society... Should we not be representing that in our friendship groups and our circles? Because can you can uh, if you want that to be the outcome, should that not be your? I want to say income because that seems to rhyme. I don't know, but should that not be your surroundings as well? But the thing for me is, I grew up, as you guys know, I've been fostered. I was fostered twice a white family. I grew up in an African British household. I say because we, you know. Um, my friendship circles were mixed in my first two schools and, and they got blacker as I progressively got older. My cultural awareness was very white and black growing up, very white middle class, and then it got blacker as I grew older. In that, I never wanted the death and destruction of white people. Do you get what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, yeah. And, I'm, and, and I, I never wanted black supremacy over anybody else. What I wanted was my black people to thrive and be happy and live and exist and be powerful and be strong and work on a level playing field with everybody else. Yeah. So I don't think, I don't care if a white person has an all white existence. I don't care if that's your world, that's your fucking world. But what I don't want is for your white existence. So encroach on my black existence yeah. and be white supremacy over me dominant over me that's all i don't care if if you want to have your whole life being whatever culture you're from in your same gender same as long as your views and your ways don't affect another group negatively and that's the problem we have because everyone's trying to dominate but in the wrong way and unfortunately white supremacy has come with a lot of death murder rape destruction and yeah. removing power structures for what so you don't think that actually if people collectively were like i need to get to know lots of different people. So my world circle is very inclusive. That could change how things are. I'm not saying that. 
doesn't work. I think it's working because I think, again, from the younger generations that are mixing together, you're getting a lot more knowledge. Even us in, as black people, with the Africans and Caribbeans becoming more mm. unified and come in, like their cultures blending more, the ignorance has lessened. Yeah. So we, yeah. it's harder to call out each other's side. So that happens. Knowledge is power, no matter what. I think we should, if in an ideal world, every student to take a gap year around the world. You know what I'm saying? And travel a bit. You know what I mean? Go and travel. See the world. We talk about you live in the hood. Go see a damn hood in another country. Talk about... Yeah. You know what I mean? Those people that claim holding on to those ideals and this is where I came from. And this, nah. Go and see the world and talk about come back and value where you came from. I think that Definitely. should be a must. Definitely you have a more world view. But even if your world is limited, you don't have the resource, you can't go anywhere. All you need to do is not want the death and destruction of anybody else. Yeah. Just for you to survive. It should be on a human level. That's all. I shouldn't have... Because I don't know about a lot of things about um, East Asian, South Asian culture. Just just generally. Because I've had one or two East Asian and South Asian friends growing up. But I don't know so much about the intricacies of their culture. But I don't hate them. Yeah. Just on site. Or by default. And and don't feel like we're better than them. Exactly. So when you move all these stereotypes, it's ignorance. Ignorance is, is a thing. So that's the problem, isn't it? Yeah. But those ignorances and stereotypes have been perpetuated because of racism and colonialism and all those type of things. That's where all that came from. If everyone just lived. Yeah. Or, I don't know, or, 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 um, okay, or, if our actual culturalisms are a thing, so if it's a thing like, you know, black people are lazy and then it's a fact, I don't know what that means. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't yeah. know if our actual... I, I think even that as a trope, though, if you think of it's everything so that bad. black people I have know. actually done, suggests far from laziness. Far from because laziness. Because why would you have lazy slaves? It's like, that doesn't actually even make any sense. It's like, it's crazy. It's insane. But, but yeah. you know, so that that was that. Because um, I wanted... Well, we go on. Go what on. have you heard? And my other what have you heard... Yeah. Um, there's a brilliant clip, and I am going to insert the clip. Is So how has sex and love and relationships changed as you got older? I think until I was about 35, I thought I was going to meet my husband. So I was on the lookout for him. As I passed 35 and then hit 40, it started to dawn on me that this might not happen the way that I thought it was going to happen. And I had to make peace with that. As little girls, we grow up thinking that that's the only pathway. And I've changed a lot about how I view relationships. So I used to be focused on the chemistry. It's all about the chemistry. And where that led me is I ended up several times in like the fourth year of a two-year relationship or the eighth month of a two-month relationship. Because I would then find that in fundamental ways we weren't compatible. So upon the advice of actually a very young woman who I was intrigued that she had this incredible insight, but I have found it to be true, which is this. First now, I focus on, do we have the same goal? In other words, 
Are we both going to Santa Fe? Are we both going to New York? It doesn't really matter whether I'm taking the scenic route and he's taking the highway, as long as we're both going to the same place. The next thing I focus on is, is this person really available to me to build the kind of relationship that we want? Are they a workaholic? Do they have family obligations? Are they, you know, at a place where they haven't done enough of the internal work? They don't know their interior. They're not ready and available. And then only third do I focus on the chemistry because if those first two things are true, the chemistry will still be there. When I was entering relationships chemistry first, I would find that there was this connection, but then I'm going to New York and he's going to Santa Fe and it was never gonna work <laughs> anyway. So that has that radically changed how your dating life has gone? It changes what I focus on. Mm. Chemistry matters, but I know at this stage it's not enough. That that could be all there and we could ultimately not end up together, ultimately find out that we're not compatible in the way that we need to be. To uh, an amazing woman. And I think she's probably, she looks to me like she's in her late 50s. She could be in her 60s. She's a black woman. She could be in her 70s. Mm. And she's talking <laughs> about her, her mature dating life and how that had like evolved and changed from when she was younger. So, I mean, it's just you here. <laughs> so it's like, you kind of got to speak to for everybody on this one. But I, when I was watching her clip, I was really intrigued by what she had learned um, and what she had added in to her experiences and what she was after in a, in a life partner. She starts off by saying by the time when she was, before turning 35, she was on the hunt for her husband. And that was a primary thing and she focused on chemistry. So that's all she was. She was like, if I have chemistry with this person, they could be my husband. Is she married now? No. Sorry. <laughs> Let me <laughs> When she got to her forties, she made peace with, okay, I don't think I'm gonna find my husband. Okay. And she was speaking to somebody and they was like, you've been going about it the wrong way. It's not about chemistry. What you should be focused on is actually the fundamentals of living with somebody, having a long-term relationship with them. So that is going to be your foundations. Like, are you actually like aligned with each other in your core principles? Then after that, are you aligned financially? And then chemistry. What do you think? Oh, God. Is that a, is that a, <laughs> the fact that you asked that right away? <laughs> I hadn't even thought about it. But I think she has a partner now, but she isn't married. But this is what she's been using in her later life. Do you know what? I think there's so many remedy, not remedies, what the words? What's the words? So many. Oh, God, I can't find my words. Anyway, there's so many of those things on how to's, how to find a man. Yeah. How to find a partner. How to, how to, how to, I did this, I did that, I did this, I did that. And then for all of us who are single, I met someone. Hey, we're together, we're getting married and it's done and everyone's happy. 
it's just literally like I don't know if it's just chemistry. I don't know if it's you've got, you've got a checklist. You've got to make sure that because how do you find out if you're financially aligned, um, life living together aligned until you have chemistry to meet? You have to meet someone. So chemistry comes first. So I think I don't know if that works necessarily. I don't know if that's all wrong, but I think it's down to the individual. And I, I've been sitting there thinking, what? Do you have a formula? No, I don't, because I don't fucking know how to do it. I don't. I'm like, <laughs> I don't like literally in my and I, I'm I. It's very interesting being single for so for for or having a relation or having a relationship deficit, mm. and the older you get, because it gets a lot, it gets scary, but it also is like, and then it, it gets scary because it's like what the what the hell are you to do? Like if you if that if you're if you want a partner, what is it to do? And the reality of people saying you've got to just focus, you've got to treat it like a job. You can't because you've got a job. You've got a job. You've got a job. Yeah. And if you've got children, you've got children. They're a job. So there's there's a there's there's um it's it's difficult. And I don't I don't have a formula. I my thing is if I meet someone and we like each other, let's see what happens. But the meeting someone and like it I don't say men are trash. I don't put that out there. Mm. But it's been very difficult to meet an untrashed man. And when I say that an untrashed man, it's like, it's so, and I only date black men. So that's my thing. Um, and I think there's so much that we're not taught as young people and we're not shown as young women and young men. This has contributed to our issues as older black people because mm. we have got so much trauma we are bo- and we've got so much information about how we're supposed to be we you know we know we now know that all men regardless of race or whatever have been given misinformation about what it is to be a man and all women have been given misinformation on what it is to be a woman so especially now that the world is imploding on that and identity and gender and yeah. masculinity and femininity are being explored us who are of a certain age who are caught up in this evolution it's even more frustrating yeah. and stressful because guys are like, I don't know what my purpose is, especially if you're in your forties. Because now the world's telling you you can't even wink at a woman without being called a sexist or yeah. anything. All your old ideals that you were told to be a man about is is out the window now. Yeah. And as women, it's like we don't have to accept the bullshit. And when you hit your forties, that bullshit radar is, wah, wah, yeah, wah, wah, yeah, wah. Yeah. you just you spot it a mile, mile away. Off. Yeah, definitely. and so when even and especially being as youthful as I look, um, it's a thing. Because you get, I get spoken to by younger guys. Like I wish I was in my thirties or late, late twenties because, and doing what I do, doing the British Blacklist because the spaces that I'm in, the guys are nice yeah. and there's energy, there's vibes, but you lot are young. And when certain guys are like, age ain't nothing but a number, it's so freaking is. It's a rarity that you'll find that gem of a young guy that's just like, I don't want, I'm, if you're past the, age, past the age of having kids, especially, for certain women, you meet a young person and they don't want kids, a young guy that doesn't want kids and he's going to walk for you, with you through menopause, yeah, yeah. walk through all those things that your body's starting to crumble yeah, and this young boy's going to stick by it? you. It's just a myth that's been sold. I don't know what the answer is. I, I mean, I, 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 I don't know. I feel you. I, literally, I was just watching her. Like, this is really interesting. I haven't seen this conversation and somebody coming with... I've gone around and I was doing chemistry first and now I'm like, I'm not doing that because, and her, her major point was if all of the other, if the two other components are aligned, you will find chemistry because just naturally 
vibrationally, you're going to be on a frequency. Whereas chemistry, you can have with lots of people, but you don't have the other two. So then it, it will end because then your fundamentals will not be met eventually. But then it's like, again, how do you meet someone with and know you like them without the chemistry bit? There has to be chemistry. I, I think, no, it's bit. not without it. I don't think it's, it's not going through certain steps just because of chemistry. You understand that. That's, it's, I it's, think that those, that's what she's changing now. Or somebody that you may be like, oh, I kind of like them as a friend, but if they have those core things to explore that, even if the chemistry isn't quite there at first. So it's just looking for, for the red flags and stop blinding yeah. yourself to the red flags. That's, I think just, that's it. Because all that other shit falls into place as and when you, you date someone, they show flags, get out of it. And it's, it's been hard when you, especially when, even from younger, like from younger to older, whatever, depending on who you are and how you raised all those stuff, whether you got your shit together or not, all these things play into it. But the older you get, sometimes out of desperation, people can hold on to things and ignore yeah. things because you just want to be loved. Um, my my radar for that is up, where I accepted bullshit pre forties, less accepting of bullshit. My character though is very. <laughs> I have to. Ref I'm um. Uh, conversationalist I need to know why that's my that's my biggest yes. that's yeah. my biggest um, downfall you want the reasons I need the reasons I remember I went out with someone in, in my 20s and I wanted to dump him he dumped me first I swear I sent him about 12 messages and he wasn't getting back to me I was like no I want and I think it would in his mind I don't know if he even remembers <laughs> I'm not going to ask him we still know each other today I don't know if he because he would have thought, rah, she's on me. Why she keeps texting me? She keeps trying to... And but I it, know, was just you know, it. it was just a closure, isn't it? I just yeah. want my closure. Yeah. I need, I've learned, I don't necessarily need closure. It troubles me when I don't have closure. I need to, because I think it's an insecurity of like, what's wrong? What did I do so I can learn for the next person that I don't yeah. bring that to the table if it's something that I didn't need to do. I need closure. The closure is like, an interesting one. I don't like open-ended. I don't like when your behaviour doesn't make sense to me because especially when I lay it on the line I think now as a woman who's busy one thing I do is like my schedule is busy yeah so these are the dates that I can do I'll give you a, but then someone else like that's really intense but for me if I don't book you in we ain't seeing each other yeah but and I know uh, someone that I saw last year or the year before my delivery was intense to him okay but it was for me it's like my schedule and I'm don't let because women prep for appointments if you're going to date we're going to have sexual time we prep we've got to shave shit you. you've got to do stuff yeah so if you say you're coming and then you don't come or you cancel plans on a whim yeah yeah you just wasted my time and especially someone who's busy yeah all the shit that goes into preparing for that evening and then you're like why did you do that we're mad it's not that deep no 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 it is deep it doesn't mean say I love you. I guess that you. that's that's the whole thing of the alignment, isn't it? Yeah. Because yeah. somebody else that is busy yeah. will absolutely understand, understand the time that we have together is precious time. Mm -hmm. So I'm I am also committing to spend time with them. I guess it's the intentions yeah. of it. If it's just yeah, you'd weed them out very quickly yeah. because that's showing they're not available. Yeah. And also showing people that don't respond because I think there's a the whole thing as women, we sit there. I know, speaking about to all the single girls, you were like, has he messaged? Is he messaging? And it's a back and forth, the yin and yang. And again, I can be, if I want to speak to you, I want to speak to you. But that can translate as on it. And it's like, you now have to hold back from being on it. And guys can be lazy. And I think guys are definitely, and you know, they say that about English guys as well, British guys, mm. they're lazy. 
in regards to the the um the dating process yeah yeah but also, the romance level what i've also learned is that not le- i had to learn it that if they're into you they will do yeah the most yeah most and that's definitely. another thing not picking up after men <laughs> like if a man wants you he will show you yeah that's it i think that's a absolute fundamental yeah. and it shouldn't be hard mm. from what i see when people are talking I'm like, there's no flow there if you're waiting. But it's really having those set, this is what I'm after. I think if you're in that limbo stage, it can get really easy to stay there. Like, I don't know what he's after. I don't know what, because your mind, your ego is always going to give you an answer to this situation. And sometimes your ego is there to also kind of not hurt you. So you're going to either be the victim in it because you're used to that feeling exactly but it may not be that may not be the story the story literally just may maybe they are not that into you mm. not for any reason as you just, two are just right. not aligned just and not aligned. it doesn't have to be oh it's because i'm fat or it yeah. doesn't have to be any of that yeah that's just not the person yeah. and then move on quickly i know people will say that's easy for you to say but no, this but- is what i see continuously and as women get older i am like there's a there's a there's a repetitive nature that you keep on seeing because it's a habit because you get comfortable yes. in your habits and definitely like I said when you hit forty there's an awakening and then because um, I think a friend and I friend and friend and I were speaking maybe yesterday or the day before and she was like was potentially getting jaded with her situation she's like but then she said she's scared that we're all just numb to it now so we're not even bothered because I know I've been like I would rather stay single and deal with anything. I don't, and then I know there was a time when we were younger, like we'll take, whether it's sex or a relationship, we'll just take it because yeah. there's some sort of attention from somebody. At this stage, no, 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 no. Just have, because you already play it out in your head. We're going to go, we're going to go one, two dates. We're going to sleep together. And then we're just going to be sleeping together. And then what am I getting out of it? And then the sex might, maybe you know that's, I mean? that's, that's, that's the, the boring part. That's the hard part, isn't mm. it? Maybe that is the formula is to switch it around, is to just try something else or go to another city. Like just totally but change that, but it that, up. That whole changing it up is hard when you've got a nine to five life or nine to whatever hours life. An entrepreneur, my, me just going to another city, I can't. No, I mean, you open up your dating pool through like Manchester. Me just going to another city, I can't. Let but me, they what, may be able to travel here. Maybe, but how? Like, it, it's... it's, it's Car. <laughs> no, 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 I'm not saying that. But the reality, when people say that, and it is, maybe it's as people say, I was just focused on it and that was my intention. But right now, my headspace, and maybe that's not my time. But then as I get older, it's like, so when will be my time? Because right at the moment, my business is my baby. I think that's the... Uh, further on in the clip, she does actually say in her dating thing, it was working out. Is she actually open and ready yeah. to be committed mm. and finding that out from them as well? Mm. Because everything you said there, if I was a man and I was listening, I'd be like, she doesn't have time. No, but the, but but it's interesting because, it, yeah, it's very interesting. Because, because it, even, it, literally everything you said su- suggests I don't have time. No, but also... I, but, um, because if you're because prepared it, to make time but the for thing, your no, no, business... But the, but my, 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 no, no, no. But my thing is, one thing that if you meet someone and you like them, no matter what, you make it work. No matter yeah. what, you make it work. Yeah. So, But if you're... Remember, the tongue is super powerful. If speaking it into existence, you have put in, but I can't do this, I need to schedule you in and I don't have time. 
what do you think vibrationally they're saying? Because somebody's listening. Yeah, they are hearing. Oh, this shit, person don't shit. have time. They're um, super busy. No, that's fine. That's fine. But on meeting somebody and you have you click, you figure it out. In my opinion, maybe it's naive, but when you meet someone and it's like, yeah, I like you, you like me, and we're making time because you do make time when you like someone. So then you have you time. Do make time. Just think about it. just just like because if you like them, that's going to be a given. You'll make time. That means that you do have time. Yeah. You just need to then be intentional with. So this day, I could actually, or these two days, I could be open to meet somebody. Yeah. And maybe in those two days or those hours, I'm just searching outside of London for that. So I may actually factor in my, if you're going networking, maybe I just network out of London. Maybe I actually see what's going on in the Manchester scene. Maybe I'll go to Birmingham. Maybe that becomes a part of your plan. Maybe. It's irritating me that you're saying it. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just opening it up. No, like, no, no, because no, no, I don't no, want I us to be in an echo chamber. Because I see that, like, lots of women when they're talking, it's the same thing. But then we're still here, five years even later, no, and I the hear. same situation is going on. And it's actually like, why is there not the thing of let's just spin it around, go somewhere else? So this is where you will get. It's easy for you, yeah. Number one. And my irritation becomes it's fear because the irritation is like, how the fuck do I do that? Because it is, it becomes the thing because it's fearful of how do you even do that? Because and then it's like doing all of that and finding like, there's a lot of things that your brain will be like, yeah, it goes, it goes a hundred steps ahead so to oh, irritating. where would we live? And it's literally fine, no, no, go there no, no, and no, find it. That, that's not my issue because my <laughs> thing is I've always I, I said to you the amount of times when we were doing when we were doing when I was helping you with the stalls and stuff, I couldn't wait. To do Afropunk Paris, I feel like you should just do one more, so I can go to Afropunk Paris. Because in my mind, my French African husband is in. There's so, so, so many. many. I know. I uh, I think I've yeah. seen there was a guy. I don't know where, but anyway. So Paris, Paris is a great place, but again, it's like it's two and a half hours away. No, I understand that. Just, I'm just saying. I'm like, just going to end this. Nothing on, is that far. No, no. I'm just going to end this on. It's easy to say. Yeah. Easy for you to say. <laughs> You're married. I, I'm sure. You married. She I, I wouldn't even man. mind if that was like the comments because then I still think that means that I struck a nerve. No, you definitely struck a nerve because you irritated me, and just because you're married. Okay. <laughs> Someone better come to France with me immediately. I'll go to Paris with you. Find me a festival to do in Paris. I, I've been, nice like, they um haven't been in Paris lately. Oh, is it? Yeah, but there's it's just you know packed, there's anyway. so much. Stuff. Um, my man's also in New York, and he's also in Amsterdam. He's also in London. Could be in Manchester. I don't know why Manchester. I have Manchester in my oh, mind, but I could see you as a Mancunian. You're just making up. I'm just saying I can see you as a Mancunian. You're make, actually making it up. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> have we got, got time last, for any more? We got one last story. I think, did you have another one? Well, I had Elon Musk bought Twitter, but I wanted to feed that into the conversation we had prior because Elon Musk has bought Twitter and now it apparently is now freed all the racists because you know he's, he's, he's on this freedom of speech thing. So apparently hate speech has gone up 40% and the use of the N-word. LeBron James made a comment and it's on a shade, bar, a shade room, sorry. And I think LeBron was like, this is not cool. I hope Elon takes it seriously. And the first comment that I saw was someone saying, shut the F up, LeBron. Um, and then sorry. explaining it. When you hit read all the replies, yeah. someone was like, why? <laughs> you know, LeBron's highly favoured in our world. Um, the person then came back and said, because until we stop everybody using the N-word, our own people using the N-word, why are we even talking about freedom of speech? And probably those 40% is probably 30% black people saying it anyway. So um, 
Those, those. It was an exploration, but we spoke about it already. So that was my other story. So we've spoken about us removing the N-word and all that type of yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, we had Ron DeSantis. What, I can't remember his role. He's, he's running for governor or something, isn't he? The American guy. And he's saying that he said that teaching critical race theory is a problem because of one of their many lies is that America wasn't built on stolen land. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I imagine imagine that. actually like really imagine saying that. that out of your mouth. Yeah. And being like that it's not factually true. But it, it I don't know. Sometimes white pathology is It's insane. It's fascinating it's as insane. to how you know that there's there's a bit to explore in that. Um yeah. I don't have quite a few white friends um who will say that they're patriotic and that kind of like makes me chill a bit. And then at the same time, I do feel, I understand why you would be like, I am a patriot and I want my country to thrive. Mm-hmm. But how do you reconcile what it's done to get there? Mm. Like really, like there has to be some type of dissonance that you would have because- You have to. You, to park away your ashamedness yeah, you of to. what took place for you to have this great space. So I kind of get it. Um, there's a documentary on Netflix called Descendant, and it's about the last, the descendants of the last known slave ship in America called the Clotilda. And um, it was an illegal slave ship because slavery had been yeah. abolished. Yeah. And this family, I wish I, oh God, this family continued to do it. Right. And this was the last one, and it was a stolen ship. They had they brought over 110 slaves. And it was such a taboo in the community that no one speaks about it. But this is uncovering it. And then they, 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 uh, it was um, sunk on purpose to hide it. And they found it. And they, they, I think they're bringing it back up. And the, the descendants, I lost my point because so I was the, trying to the, find this, it. The slaves actually, so they were, they did make it to America. Yeah, they made and it to And then America. they sunk the ship because yeah, it wasn't. Okay, right. okay, okay. And what was my point that I brought this up? What were we talking about? Because it took me so long to find the damn thing. Where was you going with it? Shit. What was the beginning of the conversation? <laughs> we're talking, so we're about, talking about what yes. Thank you. So <laughs> in this documentary, um, one of the guys, um, he, his descendant was one of the people that were on, that were the, of the white side of people that brought um, okay. these, these slaves over, right? Yeah. So they were on, on, near the end of the documentary, so there's a little bit of a spoiler. They're on the, they're on the boat with descendants. One of the, the black guys who'd done, who'd been doing all this research. Right. And this, so... On this um, ex- ex- expedition to see where the remnants of the Clotilda ship was in America, um, you go out on this boat, this guy, I think his surname is Foster. He's a white guy. His, his, his ancestor was one of the slavers. And you had um, a descendant of Cujo Lewis, who's one of the founding families of the slaves, and um, another guy who's been doing his research. So there's a book by Zora Neale Hurston mm-hmm. that called The Barracoon, The Story of the Last Black Cargo, yeah. which interprets um, Kujo Lewis's words. So all this stuff, they're all on the boat and taking this expedition. And the white guy is like, in um, all the like the notes and diaries and entries of Kujo Lewis, yeah. Kujo Lewis says that his particular descendant was a good one. He wasn't bad. So he said, you know, that's what I hold on to. <laughs> there was pause and then there's my man, I can't remember his name, the black guy, he was like, well, in my opinion, anyone who owned slaves was not good. And it's just the way that he dropped it because this guy was really seeking some like reassurance. Like, oh, like that's, nice. that's great. Yeah. No, it wasn't. And it, when we we did a screening the other day with myself, British Practice and We Are Parable and the whole audience was like, kiss their teeth hard. <laughs> but it's that thing of that fear of knowing the truth because then where do you sit with that? As you're saying, where do you sit knowing that you're, how do you live 
knowing your ancestors was so fuckery to the world, to the world. But at the same time, that's why critical race, critical race theory is so important. It's important. Because you need to learn about it, not be protected from it. Yes. And then you can exist understanding it. And who it's are you? It's freeing, actually. Yeah, exactly. When you Sorry, actually really so do speak to white people who are working on their racism, it's freeing for them to actually put their hands up and say, I am racist. But, but don't prostrate on the floor and beg for forgiveness from any that, black... 2020 video is crazy. It's insane. Why didn't that go viral? I don't remember seeing that. Did it go viral? I don't remember seeing it though. I don't know. Like, that was the most. And if anybody out there has not seen this video of probably about 15 white people on their knees, kneeling down, (laughs) like bending, and being like, we're sorry for what we did to you. (laughs) Only in America is this going to take place. And then the the black woman that was wailing. Like she's bawling, and like the black people are there all standing up, prostrated. Like, okay, okay, this what is. What was the end result of that situation? They thought that racism <laughs> had come to them. <laughs> oh, I thought you said they thought. No, they um, thought, they they thought, thought that, that racism, racism ended in that had, moment. Like they thought that 2020 was the end of racism because there was this world Trust reckoning. Trust me, on God, don't ever prostrate in front of me. I swear down. But the wailing. It's funny that we laughed at the wailing, but. I can imagine the emotional turmoil. I'm not going to... I know, if with, you're really believing what is taking place is j- truly... J- and it could have been a moment of... It could have been a moment, because it's, pure it's so, em- We have to allow for these things, but not, not in my watch. But we, in theory, there's going to be outpouring, because if we talk critical race theory, there's going to be a lot of outpouring. That's what happened in 2020. White people were ringing... Were, absolutely <laughs> distressed it's a lot of information I get it, I get being it. overloaded <laughs> into your system it was just but for some it. of us it's going to be hilarious just understand when this thing happens when critical race theory does get passed and it becomes part of the um especially the curriculum the school curriculum when it happens white folks some of us are going to laugh some of us are going to be angry some of us are going to wail with you it's all going to be in a mixture bag yeah, and yeah, black yeah, people yeah. black yeah. people as well you, it's all right for you to laugh. It's all right for you to cry. It's all right for you to shout. It's all right for you to punch. We don't condone violence, but these are the natural things that are going to happen. It could take place. It could take place. Yeah, because of the, the holding of emotion. Yeah, it was just funny for me, for me watching it. Yeah. I was like, this is crazy. I'll kiss my teeth for long and hard. But I think it is freeing. Yes. I think yes. for the white people that I know that, uh, I hate that term as well, doing the work, but that are reading up things and are really yeah. getting to know what their emotions are and spotting, oh, I was racist in that moment. Yeah. Being able to spot it is freeing yes, because freeing. then you're not always being like, am I supposed to say this? Should I say this? And if you do say it wrong and somebody calls you out on it, sorry, my bad. And letting black people, because I think because of all the defensiveness and whatever, the sorry my bad is not allowed by black people because like no we don't believe it or it's just it's not enough for us because we know you don't you haven't done all the work so then once we get to that point where sorry i didn't mean that and black people can trust that sorry i didn't mean that there will be no problems yeah like honestly like it just will i i I think i think we'll move forward a lot and and also for black people as well because we have been brought up in the system it really is checking your racism we are also anti-black and it's just spotting it it's spotting like you know what, this feeling I have here, oh, this is because I am being anti-black in mm-hmm. this moment and trying to not 
justify it. If you are expecting white people to do it as black people and brown people, we have to do the same. You've got to be able to spot it when you're also doing it and feeding into it as well. So that is education. Yeah. When I go into meetings, when I I have meetings and um, people are, I always say to the white people, anyone that's um, white who says, you know, I'm a horrible white white person, I'm like, please don't do that. I I, I say it when I speak, wherever I go, I don't do that because I don't believe it. Yeah. I don't believe. I, I mean, you might have issues. You might sit there and hate yourself. But coming to a meeting, don't come to me because then that puts your upset, guilt, whatever you were trying to project then onto I me. To, I have to start I have watching to what, exactly. It. I have to make you feel better about yourself. Yeah. I don't want you to come to me humbly and be like that. That not in a business meeting. We're coming together as equals. I'm a proud black woman. You're a proud. I hope you're a proud white person. Yeah. Proud white people needs to be. You see, the problem is when you say you're a proud white person. Unfortunately, because of your history, it comes with racist connotations. However, I expect that you're proud on a day-to-day basis. Yeah. So come, I'm proud too. I'm a very proud black woman. And I'm never going to sit there like, I'm such a, like, a, a victimised black person. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to talk my truth. And it's, so and it's not fair. And that is actually a part of racism. Because yeah. we are conditioned to, to make you feel comfortable. Yeah, exactly. So when you it. come in and, and you placate yourself, like, oh, you know, I don't even know if I have the right to speak on oh this. Oh my God, no. What you're also making us do is be like, I have to empower them yeah. again. And it's like, I've, no, it's not okay. I've, yeah, I found myself in a conversation. I don't, know I, I don't know how much I can speak on it, but it's interesting where I ended up saying to a white male that you shouldn't be quiet. And I was sitting in my head, I was thinking I could hear different people who I know, different black people like, nah, but he should be. And other people like, nah, I get it. It's like a conversation that we had at the live at BBC the other day when um, Femi was talking about um, putting best person forward, yeah. whether it was a white person or a black person. All these things were going through my head, and I was, but I was like, the truth of, of the matter is, in the situation that this situation happened, that person shouldn't have been quiet about what they did. Yeah. Because it doesn't help if then, because that no, no matter what, there will be resentment built. Yeah. And somehow that will somehow affect, affect another black person yeah. in some way, shape or form. Yeah. So white men don't, you don't have to be silenced for anything you've done. You just don't have to, as we said before, cancel everybody else out because you want to be the most powerful person in the that's, world. That's all it is. That's all it is. I think that's, and, okay. and the job marketplace is that. If there is only one person or you've worked with that one person and they need a recommendation, I don't think there's anything wrong with recommending them, even if they are not black. But if the role specifically for that project is asking for a black person, don't go about it in a shady way by going to black people and being like, they are probably going to offer me a black person. Like that's where I'm like, it's underhand. It's like, be upfront. I need a black person for this. So then the black creatives can be oh, like, well, I'm I going to find I a black creative. I, I think on that conversation, I could see everyone's point. I think whilst we're at a deficit when it comes to positions, black people in positions should do everything they can to get a black person in that posi- in the, into the position, period. Um, but we need the resources to do so, which mm-hmm. Blacklist will be helping. Um, I think that something about black person being in a position of power already is the diversity enough. So the fact that a black person in a position of power can say, I can give you anyone, that is diff- that's also a thing as well. Yes, because their lens is probably because going to be different. That, that I think but it's, it's that. Not, but for me, it's just even like the fact that you're a black person who has a diverse pool of people, that you're the person they're coming to, and the fact that you can provide anybody, yeah. regardless of anything, that's also a position of power. Yeah. And so if a white organisation is coming to that black person knowing that they've got a range of people... But there is there becomes a 
a thing because by default, the white powerful company that's coming to the black company that knows that they have diversity, they could use that black person as a token and knowing that they're going to get white people or someone else because that person's like, well, I got everybody on mine. Do you know what I mean? So yes. it becomes yeah. weird. Yeah. yeah. I think by default, black people, whenever you can put a black person in position yeah. of quality, there's and there's also it. that too because it. it is actually finding the right person yeah. to slot in places and everybody who really focuses on that they also say it's a struggle but that's education levels that's exactly. opportunity that's how people get elevated they may not have the skill set and sometimes that's where we have to use our discernment to not be the full guy because that is real they will bring in a black person yeah, and be and like oh them. they're gonna yeah. and they're just using you because they know you can't do it yeah and then you're the full guy. But we do have to up our levels. But when I say we need to up our levels, I mean that we need to ensure when we are in these positions, we have educated ourselves. That's yes. what I'm saying. Not, not, not just because I was black, I got in there. Yeah, yeah. You really know what you're going to do when you you're get, there. You'll because get, you'll get, you you'll could like, be holding back a 20 year progress because yeah. then they're not going to employ anybody else. Yeah. Okay. Time for one, two. What is it, Auntie Zabba? Oh, yeah, yeah. I had forgotten. <laughs> I had totally forgotten the song. One, two, two three. Auntie's no best. Auntie's. <laughs> I still had forgotten. I was still going into Auntie's getting your business. All right. Auntie's no best. Auntie's no best. Auntie's no best. Round two. Auntie's no best. Auntie's no best. Auntie's no best. Auntie's no best. They do. There. No interruptions. It was brilliant. So fun. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. Peaceful. I could have even rapped. Have you got a rap? No. I just say I could. The aunties always know best. They know how to big up the chest. They know oh, what's geez. happening around the corner and then they go and start the porner. Porner? I don't know. <laughs> you said start the porner. I don't know. I was trying. Was it, was a free st- it was a freestyle. It was good until you said porno. Uh, por- porner. Porner. They they like eating prawns. You didn't say. <laughs> go on, you do your freestyle. I can't because sometimes I can freestyle and sometimes I can't. I know, it's not always it's there. It's always there. Sometimes That's why I'm the creative juices. <laughs> but I am dapper. I had to give me a while to think of the next word. And I'm not right. a flapper from the 20s. <laughs> Are you like a Giggs rapper? Because that's what Giggs does. Giggs is basically just walking down the street talking. Uh, talking the hardest. <laughs> All right. Have we got any dilemmas or problems? That we, we've got solved? a real life I've problem got a real that one. you have. Yeah. Do you want, yeah, do you want, oh, shall I do it? You yeah. Know, I feel like I'm talking forever. It's, it does make you feel like you're talking a lot when it's just two of us. Yeah, I get what you're saying. It's like my voices have been on a lot of the time. <laughs> okay, I haven't read this one through. Okay, should I go read it? Yeah, you okay. read it. All right. Oh, yeah, we read it. <laughs> <laughs> Dear aunties, I've started a new job at a place that only had two black women employed before I joined. What's been really disappointing is my efforts to connect with both women have been met with rejection and hostility. I reached out to one of them and they completely ignored me. The other has been making my life a bit difficult because for Black History Month, I dare to ask if I could do some extra work to support their Black History Month efforts. And I don't know if because the other black woman didn't think about it and feels embarrassed, so is trying to show me up. 
but she's been very nitpicky about my ideas, telling me to report to her when she's not my line manager and just being catty. She never acknowledges me. I wondered if I should go to HR, but a senior colleague said it's not a big enough of an issue. So I'm a bit confused. I love my new job, but now I want to leave. This is sad. Very sad. Um, and I was at an event the other day, the Black Society. No, it wasn't the Black Society. It was News UK. Okay. Um, Black History Month event. And someone actually asked what to do in that situation as well. It wasn't the same situation. That's two black women in a short space of time who've talked about having black gatekeepers at work or black people at work who, and black women specifically at work that are not welcoming. who have not been welcoming. And I was really surprised because I've not actually encountered direct black women blocking in the workplace. Mm -hmm. um, so my, you know, in speaking to the person that contacted me, I was a bit like, I did say go to HR. I borrowed Auntie Sade's um, advice. I said go to HR. And that's when she said that the boss had been like, or, you know, the senior person had been like, mm, it's not really that deep, but it's affecting her work. Because she's feeling and like she, she's being bullied. Yeah, and um, she's feeling like um, targeted. Um, and I was like, I don't know. I said, I said that you should maybe um, offer, you know, say, let's go for lunch, let's have a chat. And maybe have that conversation. Um, I don't know. This is, this is not nice. Um, and I've heard this at, uh, a few times, not necessarily from women though, it's generally been black men. Oh, that's interesting. That have found that there is like a, there's not a welcoming nature when you're in a space with black women, mm. especially if they are senior. Um, I don't know, you know, I do feel like you need to go to HR. Yeah. What I would actually really like is maybe an outside type of organization. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that could kind of bridge the gap maybe and yeah. have conversations with people because this seems to be a problem. And also, because I, I think, and what came out in the event, at the event I was at, um, is that it's a generational thing because these are, well, I think the woman in the audience was a bit, was like, it's an older woman. Mm. So there's, there's often, definitely there's a generation of black people who were, you know, come up in the only one in the office and pit against each other and all that stuff. They came up with all that brainwash. So the newer generations don't necessarily have that. But also, competitiveness is real, ego is real. Mm -hmm. And especially if you've got, because I think in one of these situations, I don't want to be too specific, in one of those situations, that the one of the, one of the women is a version of black that's not the general version of black. Okay. And has a kind of, from what I understand, a very whitewashed perspective right. in life. Okay. So her version of black is what's been accepted in that space. Yes. So this black black is is the, the general version of black. I'm not saying it's more black or not, but I'm yeah. just saying the general version of black or that we understand mm -hmm. is coming has entered the chat. Yeah. And now it's like maybe you know when you build up a persona about what black is and this person challenges that and you're giving other people insight into another world that maybe you've either tried to hide because you're embarrassed of or Various because you don't know enough about it, mm -hmm. and maybe even been ostracized from it, yeah, because you're not the norm black. Mm. Okay, I say let's spin it right. If that was white people doing it in the office, you would at this moment feel empowered enough to go to HR and, and speak like, about it. Yeah. It may not change dramatically, but there would be something that's on file, and and I also think the people that have come before us that made that possible, you're also a part of that collective yeah. that you do it and you, it makes it possible that this isn't okay 
to treat black people like this. It doesn't matter if it's coming from a, a black person or a white person. Being anti you and bullying you in the workplace should be reported. Now, it may not go how you want it to, because that's factual. Anybody that brings in that racism type of spin, sometimes it doesn't work out mm. for them. But you've noted it. And I do think there's something in, if you're facing that and you are strong enough, just keep your eye out for the next black people that come along into mm. the space that you are welcoming because then you're adding to your force. You're making a community yourself. And sometimes that's what we have to do. We've got to be in these spaces that are hostile and we make community. That's not for everybody to do that though. You have to have the strength to do that and the intention that this is why I'm here because I'm going to change the culture here. Those are trailblazers and maybe you are, maybe you are not. But remember, it's a job. And if it's affecting your mental health, put things in place to leave. Yeah. Like, d it, don't don't kill yourself over a paycheck. We're not there anymore. There's all, uh, there's, there's another situation which, I, again, I have to speak lightly around. I know someone who's working somewhere and they have a system of reporting people that don't do things properly um, because it's a very precarious situation, a pre mm. precarious environment. So a black person didn't do their job properly. And that person's been advised by everybody. You're supposed to do this. You're supposed to. And then she was like, I don't have the evidence because the evidence isn't black and white that that mm. person didn't do their job properly. But it's a consensus like, we know they didn't. They're the ones that are the weak link. The person, the, the person's like, yeah, I don't feel comfortable reporting it because I also know there's an environment where black people get targeted 100% more yeah. um, in this space. However, she said, this person also has a, it's a reputation and we can see it of not always, of cutting corners. So it's that also a thing when black people do things, we feel, some people feel automatically defensive to get another black person. I know I've been like that in situations like, oh, I don't want to get this black person in trouble. Yeah. But sometimes that has a knock-on effect on yourself because then if you don't spot in your prime position, you could lose, you can get lose your points because people are like, ah, oh, yeah. you're not, you don't know what you're doing. And then yeah. again, because the target's on our back as black people, you need to be efficient. Yeah. But it's very interesting. My, the person was also like, everyone else sticks together like glue right and the white girls don't get can get away with bullshit but yeah. the black girls absolutely cannot yeah 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 that's that's really real no. i would probably pull the person to one side Done if that. i could Done that. and the person's like i don't care i don't care oh then then all bets are <laughs> off then isn't it <laughs> i can't care about you if you don't care about yourself do you have another dilemma um, do you have time for another dilemma okay right. uh, I, let me go on to Am I the arsehole? Yeah. I have one, um, this is stupid. On this, you know, I like to go to um, Dear Prudence on the slate. So help my roommate keep stealing from me and admitting it. Imagine. <laughs> <laughs> it's not even a student. I live with my best friend who's 30 years, 32 years old. We're solidly comfortable in terms of funds. Um, let me see. I buy a case of wine a month because it's actually economical. The roommate refuses to because they only drink a few glasses. Um, but then obviously they end up drinking more. Um, it's about wine, you know. This problem is about wine. Anyway, what do you do when you room with someone who's just like, yeah, I had it, and what? Well, what they've got to replace it. But what if they don't? And it's like, you've got to, imagine you've got a tendency to room with each other, so it's like, you can't even kick them out, or whatever. Whatever makes it hard for the person to go, what do you do? You need your own little fridge. And locked in your bedroom? Yeah. Imagine. Yeah, yeah. Because this is like... It's not about just am, I, am, I, am I gonna keep on mm. having to have this convo or do I step into 
I just got to lock the whole my... fridge. But yeah. whatever room doesn't have space for a fridge, I lock the whole kitchen fridge. Or like the, the little. But one. then the thing is, this is wine. The wine sits out if it's like red wine. Yeah, then I got to put it under my bed. I got to hide it. You got to hide your shit. I basically got a thief in my house. What do you do when you have a thief in your house? You hide, <laughs> hide stuff. Your shit. Like, so you know, hide your stuff, person. Yeah, and but. <laughs> Yeah, that's all it is. You just gotta hide your hide stuff. Your stuff. <laughs> hide your stuff. Hide your kids. Hide your wife. <laughs> they really are out here raping people. <laughs> hide your kids. Hide your wife. You're really dumb. I love Amazing. that. <laughs> Amazing. Um, no, definitely. African Americans on news, <laughs> like I mean, delivering news, it's are the absolutely the best. They it's are the thing. best storytellers in the world. Have you? Um, Whoa. What? Another one Go on the on. slate, dear Prudence. My boy, my boyfriend keeps waking me up, groaning the name of his ex, <gasps> and I have actually used a picture of a black couple. I don't know what that means. I'm just, I'm just... <laughs> what? Hang on. What? Say it again. My boyfriend keeps waking me up by groaning the name of his ex. So you're sleeping. Oh. You hear him saying Sheila, 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 and you're like, you wake up and you hear him saying Sheila, Sheila, Sheila. I don't know why I'm using our producer's name, Sheila. <laughs> That's bonkers. What no. But what if it's just a dream and it doesn't mean anything? Just a dream is really important. I understand. And the, and the consecutive dream that you're having, you need to be with this person. I'm what out if they're of not? What if they're just, it's just, it's just a dream? No, a dream is important. I don't care. I'm not doing it's just a dream. No, I understand. Shit. I'm just to saying. me, that is, you know, like sometimes you have a really bad dream, yeah? And then it affects your mood in, in life because you're like... And, and if that keeps on reoccurring, I take that seriously. So I'm leaving you. So look, just jumping on, because I'm just going through them now. The next problem is, help, I've mentally cheated on my wife for years. So that's what I'm talking. Yes. I'm if the wife had noted that, like literally, hang on, there's something going on. Because sometimes you feel it, you don't even know, but you're just like, something's going on in this dream. And it, you leave. Because this person's like, he's been with his wife for 15 years, married for 12. However, I fall in love with someone else. Oh, they met. He met the. Person Has he been talking to them like and stuff? Developed feelings, blah blah blah. But even he hasn't crossed any lines. But sometimes cheating. I actually think that's worse. I yeah, think that the bond that, that you yeah. have with somebody else, even if it isn't physically like sex, but you are relying on them. You're speaking to yeah. them more than your partner. Like you know, I never get it when couples or married people have a, a best friend. That is the opposite. Uh, that to me really gives me the ick because it's like your partner should be your best friend. You can have friends, but there are certain lines like the intimacy needs to be in your relationship. It can't be that you go to somebody outside with all of your problems and it's the opposite sex. No. That's interesting. I, I absolutely am not. That's not attracted to. Yeah, no, it's not, it's not okay. That's, mm. yeah, we, separation. My best friend is getting married. I'm losing her forever. Have you what? Ever have you lost a best friend to marriage? Oh, are they moving away or something? My best friend is getting married. I'm losing her forever. Help me. How are they losing them They're forever? Have you watched Bridesmaids? Did you not see what happened? She spiralled into insanity because her best friend was getting married and she was scared she was going to lose her. It's a thing. No, you, you know what? Thank no, you. no, I Thank do, I do actually. Okay, no, no, it's true, it's true, it's true. Some people do lose themselves when they get married and you don't see them again. Right. That, is, that is true. Um, Help her. But you know, I have this issue with, I'm not, I don't take it that seriously if we don't talk. Go away, go so away. I'm not the person okay, to- Okay, so everybody, listen. Like, I just, it's a real thing because- It I, is real. I, okay, who am I gonna- like, no, but, oh, you, no, you or Sharona, if I didn't have access to you, to talk to, 
I, that would hurt my feelings. I'm going to try it for four months. What? You no longer speak to me. Like you're unavailable? Yeah. No, I'd be sad. We wouldn't do anything I'm, about it. Why? What, what, he, what can you do? Like what? What? what I'm not going to call you up and beg you. I've just told you now. So let's, if you didn't pretend, I didn't say that. Oh no, I'd call you up and be like, oh, what's changed? Like what's happened? <laughs> if I cared enough. And like, if I did this, a, ver- a version of this on the phone. I'd be sad. <laughs> I, I may not actually tell you. I'd probably tell it to other people. Like, oh, like she's ducked me. Like I can't even speak to her anymore. And then they would be like, ah, oh, just butter in it. Like, <laughs> and then I'd get over it after a while. <laughs> it's very, very practical. I think, but the, the, there's a reality it because it's funny because um, uh, being a single woman, mm. especially when you have married friends, I don't. It's not the It's not exactly the same. Actually, it's not. It's just being in the space of married people. It's very awkward sometimes because, like, especially if you get on with the the guy, the, the guy more than the girl, mm. it can be like, oh god. Are you laughing too much? Are you da, 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 da. That, that's just an aside, by the way, yeah. as to what you were saying. But losing your friend to marriage, it is a thing because yeah. if you, especially if you're someone that you speak to them every day or you do so much stuff together and then now they have to turn their attention. It's the same as, I think my version of that is when I had it's my daughter. parenthood, yeah. And I was young, for sure. And we raved, we dressed, we slept. We, yeah. When I say slept together, we were in each other's houses all the time. We did everything. And then I'm like, hi, I've got a baby now. Yeah. It was so fundamentally destroying to us that... It was mad. My friendship for a moment imploded because like, they're like, we don't know what to do with you in this space. I felt isolated because they didn't know how to adjust. And none of us were like maternal, like, yeah, we're gonna have, none of us were really like that. We were ravers, working and raving. That's all we lived for. Yeah. So I felt very alone at that time. Yeah. And then it's like, they didn't know how to adjust. It's bloody hard. It's hard. On the other side of that, yeah. because that was literally my best friend. And what was she, 18. Mm. Getting pregnant was one thing, but it literally was like, we're now planning to go to uni, yeah. live together, like just everything changed. And then we didn't even do uni in, in London and she was there with a baby and we've all moved to Luton. Yeah. But there was such a, you know, sometimes she would say it like, I'm, I'm lonely, like haven't seen you guys because we're not coming home every weekend, yeah. we're li- living our best life. But then we would sit there and be like, Oh, well. uh, yeah like you you had a child yeah and it's probably only like speaking to you that i do feel like that's the selfishness of youth we absolutely it wasn't even a thought until she would mention it and there was still no empathy there because none of us had lived it it was just like oh well this is you 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 done this so you got to deal with it i did have one of my friends when she had her child she was like i'm so sorry i am so then you get so then you get sorry. the um, heap that it is and how you actually really do need your girls. And luckily I was older and everybody else was having kids as well. But yeah, it was the reflection of shit. She did this alone and we weren't even, sometimes we wouldn't even tell her we were going out. Yeah. Because it was like, she can't come. Yeah. That was literally that. I mean, it wasn't, I mean, my girls, we, we were, we didn't, they didn't move away. So I had access to them and I still, when I could go out, I could still go out with them. Yeah. But, and to be fair, they, they were around, but it was just, that feeling of like you you don't you don't fit into our lives anymore yeah. and we're not really going to stop our lives for you because I mean why would you sit in the house with my baby okay it, well and from time to time it wouldn't have been anything to have had a, yeah, no, yeah, an just, evening yeah but it was that yeah we but were out transfer every that day. lack of right <laughs> transfer that lack of empathy to someone getting married because you would think well I'm getting married you would are you you're not thinking about your friends how they feel 
So they, they, I can understand that lack of empathy in that space as yeah, well. Being yeah. right. That's, I think, even more so. I think having a child, you should you expect your friend to be caring. But getting married, it seemed like, well, we all want to get married. Yeah. So I got the prize. Obviously, I'm getting married. So what do you want yeah, me to do? Yeah. There would be I, I think it's just being... Um, it's actually like thinking about spending time with your friends as well. You have to... You have to make that a part of your life. Yeah, you do. And when you don't, because I all I hate it when somebody does that and then when things are going wrong and then they want to be like, oh, what are you doing on Friday? Oh, can you come around? This? I absolutely hate that. It's like when your Fridays, you absolutely weren't thinking about what I was yeah, doing exactly. on Friday for months. And then now you're in a hole. You want to be like, oh, we, we should yeah. get together. We should have a catch up. It's like, no. Think about being intentional, seeing your friends from yeah. time to time. And also don't lose, I mean, I don't know, some couples work as lost in each other and it works, but don't lose yourself. Yeah, I, d- I don't think it's partner. ever um, advisable to lose yourself in a relationship. And have that codependency so much where you don't have Kids, an outside husband, network. you need to know who you are as an individual, what mm. your likes and wants are, because it can change. Yeah. Don't lose yourself in somebody else and their space. It's, it's very toxic. Do we have any more dilemmas? Or should we got like uh, a few minutes left? Do we? Um, let me see if I can find a good juicy one. Let's not then. Okay. All right, baby girl. What's made you sad, mad, and glad this week? All right. I have to refer to it. Did I finish my? All right. Okay. Oh, so I, um, my sad. Hopefully, people know about this, but Killer Mike is being called out for being um, damaging to black people worse than Kanye West. Because he's, I know it's shocking, isn't it? He's switched allegiance. You know, they have the woman, Stacey Abrams, that is really for black people in Georgia. He's actually come out and is speaking up and defending the white man that is her opponent that has put legislation in place for black people not to be able to vote. Um, Yeah, it's shocking. It's made me so sad. There's an article out in um, HuffPost and it says Killer Mike is more dangerous to black people than Kanye West. Read this article. Um, Killer Mike has also responded to it, but his response to me is weak as hell. And I'm so disappointed because I love that man. Like really am like he is generally for the people. But to put a white man before a black woman who is really fighting for black people in America is so shocking to me. So yeah, that's... That that spun me like read it and I mean maybe we can talk about that when we're all together because yeah, we it to, is because that's a shock. Please put that on the doc next okay. week. Yeah, sad, saddening and maddening because I don't have mm. another uh, a mad thing that has come to me. But yeah, overall I'm glad. I'm really super glad at what we did at the BBC. Mm. Like, I'm really proud of us and just what we did was what we did. We had a show at the BBC with Cut the Chat and Cut the Chat was again one of the, like the first UK podcasts and I love those guys. Yeah. So being on a stage with them was a was a big yeah. was a big moment for so, me as well because it's like I've watched their progression and it was just nice. And we just held our own in that space and it was just like, yeah, we've come a long way. We can pod. We can be on a stage and entertain people. We definitely do well live and thanks um the homegirl told you yes um who pulled it all together. She did amazingly um it was lovely. It was, it was such really a good. lovely history month event that was just like a little internal thing, but it wasn't like a little internal thing. We could invite people in. Yes. And it was really we had good. a we good had a size great, audience yeah, as well. Good size audience. We got people that came out. Nice. Yes, that's nice. my glad. That's your glad. All right, so I'm sad. I cannot clear my inbox. It's insane. Those who know me know I don't like a hefty inbox. My inbox is not, I'm not, I'm stuck <laughs> What's in a hefty? top. 
have to, I've got 300 emails. I don't like that. Um, I don't like that. Because I know there's conversations. And the thing is, for me, there's conversations that I've missed and there's money sometimes that I've missed because I just can't get through. I need a PA. Universe, send me a PA that doesn't want too much money for now. <laughs> I'm sorry. It is what it is. Um, but my inbox, I, I mean, you know when you get stuck in the top five conversations because you have to reply, come back, and then the day's done? I, mean, I can't uh... stand it. And then sometimes I get so nervous that I see conversation, I avoid them. I'm like, I know I've missed something. I don't even want to open it. And then it's just, it's stressful. I know that feeling though. It's anxiety. Yeah, yeah. It brings me anxiety. Is that anxiety? It, yeah. I, I would never quite known what it was called. For me, I don't, well, I don't know. I'm not, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm just saying I feel yeah. anxious because, and it, feel, it makes me worried because I'm like, especially if I think I've missed something or if I can anticipate that I've gonna, it's gonna take me away and I'm gonna do that and not come back. Anxiety or fear or whatever it is, I don't want to deal with it. And then they accumulate. It's stressful. I need someone to deal with my emails so that they can just tell me, you can you reply this now? And someone, I can't. Yeah, I can't. if they vocalized it, I, can't. I could respond. But me reading it and responding, it's too much. it doesn't it's, yes. it's like yeah, literally making me want to cry. Like, it's stressing yeah. me out. Anyway, um, my mad at my Peloton Ivy Park tracksuit. Now, when she did, when the Ivy Park and Peloton did the collaboration, I was very excited because I was doing my gymming and I was on a Peloton mm. all the time. <laughs> and the tracksuit was black with fluorescent yellow stripes. Oh, that sounds nice. It was insane. It's beautiful. Last year this was. And now I ordered it because I think the drop just was before I went to Ghana. So when it arrived, I saw it was a day before I went to Ghana. So I had planned it. I like to have an airplane outfit. Okay. That was going to be my airplane outfit. My right. airplane drip, as it were. Yeah. It's called when... Alande. That's what the that's what the Guardians call it. Alande. Alande. Uh-huh, that's yeah. it. Okay, cool. My Alande. <laughs> yeah. So I had it planned perfectly. When it arrived, I was like, yo, this isn't black. It's some dust. Oh. But I had to wear it. I wore it because, of, and also the window when it's Ivy Park stuff as well. And I think specifically this, the window for returns was short yeah. and I was going to be in Ghana. For, I know over the date of when I could return okay. stuff. So I had to roll with it. I have not worn it since. I wore it yesterday. Apart from the fact that it was extremely warm, so it was super hot. I forgot how heavy it was. But it looked like I've, I'd had this tracksuit for 14 years and I had <laughs> rinsed it. The freaking dustiness of this tracksuit. And it, I've on, listen, I, Ivy Park, I batter. I don't give a damn. I love Ivy Park stuff. I've had a lot of pieces from Ivy Park wearing my trainers. Um, so there's, there's, you know, I've got Ivy Park stuff. No complaints. And anything I didn't like, I sent back. Yeah. So all the, everything I have from Ivy Park, I like. And I've kept because I want to. I've kept this because I couldn't send it back. It is dusty. I don't know if it was supposed to be. I, I don't think. I think it was a faulty one. I'm upset I can't send it back. And I'm being told to wrap up. I want to cast. I might do it again next week because I need to cast you lot for longer. <laughs> send me. I want to send it back. I'm going to try. I'm going to complain to them. Anyway, that's it. Um, and by the way, there's no staff to help in stores anymore. Me and my mum were walking around John Lewis looking for staff to help us. Tell us about the port sauce oh, pans. John, John Lewis have done a, a mass redundancy. It was um, five months ago. I, I knew a few people that worked there and they all well, got laid I'm off. Well, I'm sorry for that. But stores in general, finding someone to help. Where are you? I understand recession, but fuck. Anyway, I'm glad. I'm very glad. I went to Giggs' Halloween party yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, thank you, Roses, for the invite. Uh, Auntie Farah and I went. Um, it was really, really fun. Uh, and I went as Ursula the Sea Witch. So I have to big up Andrea Wallace, founder of Sweat in the City, who did my excellent makeup. She is Your the first time. She's amazing. First time she'd ever done it, you know. Serious? She does makeup and stuff. I'm okay. okay. But, I mean, because she does a lot of um, carnival stuff. So she does right. makeup, but she had not done like 
this it was amazing makeup, so she hadn't done it so that was yes. it no you look great um that's it i think we have to wrap up don't forget to like comment and subscribe we're on all the platforms to listen to and social media yes. and watch us on youtube we'll be back with all the aunties next time yes next week <laughs>